Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Good morning and a Merry Christmas Eve to everyone listening who celebrates. It is Friday, December 24th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Lance Glynn. On today's episode, I'm going to throw it to a conversation Blair Angulo and I had on the Football Recruiting Podcast earlier this week. We handed out some signing day superlatives, best class, best finish, most disappointing class, and many more. But before I do that, I just want to fill everyone in on the bowl schedule for today. Only one bowl game on the docket, that's it, the Hawaii Bowl taking place out there in Honolulu. Memphis takes on Hawaii in that one at 8 p.m. Eastern. So with that out of the way, time to hand out some awards. Here's my conversation with Blair Angulo. Blair, how we doing? Let me ask you something. Are you dressed in your best tuxedo, ready to give out some awards? Oh yeah, man. I I got it. I got the pocket square going. I I even have a tie bar on my tie. I slick back the hair, wear a little cologne. Uh, I'm I'm excited. You know, this is the time when awards get sent out. The Heisman and all that has been handed out already, but let's hand out some some early signing day awards. So let's jump right into it. I want to let everyone know how this works. We have five categories we will run through. Each award has a fun name to it, some sports related, some not. Blair will announce the winner. I'll chime in with an honorable mention here and there, and then we'll move on. On to the next one. So let's start with our first superlative, the Mary Flipmas Award for the biggest signing day flip. Blair, I think there's one that stands out above the rest. Who is the winner of this category? Yeah, I wish Lane Kiffin would have given us a reason to to give Ole Miss an award here. That's an ode to you know the sweater that he wore in 2020, and and I think he even started to bring it up in 2019, where it said Mary Flipmas, and he was out there trying to recruit some prospects. But this is you know a no brainer. This is a, not a shock to anyone. Travis Hunter flipping from Florida State to Jackson State, and Deion Sanders on National Signing Day, and it was it was just the the most shocking thing that you can think of, right? The number one. Player player in the country committing to a, a historically black college and university. And it's one of those things where uh, I think it goes beyond just football and it goes beyond, uh, you know, making a splash on the field. I think this is could, you know, ha- has the potential to be a trend setting moment and one that we will remember for a long time. I think that's why it's so significant. It's the fact that a, a player of his caliber is saying no to big time power five football and, and, and is paving his own path and in this new era and this new age of name, image, and likeness and, you know, kind of developing your own brand and marketing yourself, this makes sense for a lot of different reasons. And the director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports, Steve Wolfong, will also like to add that, you know, this is a program who, uh, you know, was 11-1 and at the time of of Travis Hunter flipping from Florida State. They had uh, a lot of attendance this season, I think over 40,000 per game. So, you know, this was beyond that, but I think the the big moment and the big uh, reason why he he's making this choice is to really capitalize on on kind of the potential for him to really blow up before he turns professional. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, while Travis Hunter from Florida State to Jackson State not only wins this year, frankly, probably wins the all time award. The flip I wanted to throw in came actually on the final day of the early signing period. 
and that is Miami and Mario Cristobal flipping four-star tight end Jaleel Skinner from Alabama, giving Mario his first win on the trail as Miami head coach over Nick Saban. And I'm sure Miami fans hope it's the first of many. All right, on to the second superlative we go. This is the record breaker alert award for the best class. And look, this is another obvious winner, Blair. This is a team that did something not many have done this past decade, a decade filled more often than not with Alabama or Georgia at the top. Who takes it home for you this year? It's A&M. Texas A&M right now is pacing to have the best recruiting class ever. Right, like, and, and that's saying a lot given some of the classes that we've seen re, we've seen roll through with Alabama, Ohio State pushing there. Georgia's had some amazing classes, but A and M, you know, from the from the top to bottom, is putting together you know one of the most impressive recruiting cycles we could ever remember. Walter Nolan being the headliner. They've got a handful of other five star prospects like Evan Stewart and Anthony Lucas and Gabriel Brownlow Dindy, and uh, they were able to land Denver Harris, the five star corner, as well later on in the early signing period. And they have a quarterback who, you know, Jimbo Fisher told Josh Pate uh, over on our signing day special on CBS Sports HQ that he believes is the number one quarterback in the country. So, you know, he he was able to lock in really, you know, some positional needs, but also just beef up up front and they might not be done. That's wh- that's where the record breaker kind of comes in, right? They, they have a little bit to go to, to, to eclipse Alabama's class for the number one class overall ever in, in the recruiting rankings era. Uh, but they're in it for Harold Perkins, the number five rated prospect in the country. He's a five-star linebacker from the state of Texas. They're in it for Shamar Stewart, a- another five-star prospect from the state of Florida, 6'6", 275-pound defensive lineman. And, and you know, if they're able to land those two, then you know this by far is the best class that's ever been assembled. And you would have to think that this could push AM into the mix immediately to jump back in there as a viable college football playoff contender and and you know Jimbo Fisher uh, would kind of be back into the mix to to you know to 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 kind of rehoist that that crystal ball trophy Oh, absolutely. And look, in order to get there, obviously, A&M has to beat Alabama. They have this year. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen every year, but a class like this that they're putting together obviously goes a long way in in making that a more common occurrence. And look, personally, I don't have an honorable mention for this one. A&M, like you said, could finish with the best class of all time. No question they take home the record breaker alert superlative. There's only one team, frankly, that can finish at the top. That brings us to an award near and dear to my heart as someone who lives about 45 minutes or so from Yankee Stadium, the Mariano Award for Best Finish. And look, you could call it in, in your neck of the woods on the West Coast, I guess, the Kenley Jansen Award. Uh, I don't know. Is it, would that be appropriate? The Kenley Jansen Award, I guess? Says there's a lot of inconsistency there. I mean, <laughs> maybe maybe roided up Eric Gagne Award. Oh, there you go. That. That's true. How many, yes. how, many cl- how many consecutive saves would he have? Like over 60, right? Yeah, so, oh, my goodness. That, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Th- this, this is the Best Finish Award, and, and it goes to the Texas Law. Longhorns. And the, the reason why you have to like what the Longhorns did was, you know, just based on kind of their last minute gasps, right? Like they didn't have the best season. They didn't have, you know, kind of the best results, but then they were able to land Quinn Ewers, the five-star or the former five-star quarterback who transferred uh, from Ohio State after his first year. Uh, then they were very opportunistic on, on you know, some other decommitments uh, like a Kelvin Banks, the, the five-star lineman who, who backed off his place from Oregon once Mario Cristobal left. Um, they were also very opportunistic in, in getting, you know, a couple of in-state prospects to, to flip their commitments. And, and I think Steve Sarkeesian right now has 
has has some momentum, you know, as funny as that may sound because of the way the season went and, and you know, them not exceeding expect or not meeting expectations and, and in a way, you know, kind of looking like the Texas that we've been accustomed to seeing over the last few years. But uh, we've known that the staff can recruit. We've known that they are going to put in as much energy as anyone. And it, we always wondered whether the boost would come uh, of them heading over to the SEC. And uh, I, I think, you know, a part of this also has to do with the fact that Lincoln Riley is leaving Oklahoma and, and is now on the West Coast. And uh, this could be Texas's opportunity to, you know, really kind of enter a new echelon and, and a new stratosphere. So I really like the, the class that they, they were able to build down the stretch and, you know, to rise in the rankings the way they did and, and finish with a top 10 class after the early signing period has to give Texas fans a lot of hope. We're not going to say Texas is back yet, but uh, this was a really strong step towards getting there. Yeah, we're not going to pull a Sam Ellinger and say Texas is back just yet. Like you said, a big step though for the Longhorns. My honorable mention, I'm going to go with Michigan landing top 247 prospects, Keon Saab and Darius Clemens on signing day and obviously a big year for them. And Jim Harbaugh, obviously a top 10 recruiting class after the early signing period. They're of course headed to the college football playoff. So two left. See, you called this award the Rodman. I'm going to call it the Barkley in honor of the round amount of rebound. This is the best <laughs> rebound class. My honorable mention is Penn State. They finished sixth in team rankings in 2022 after finishing 21st in 2021. But look, a team on the West Coast ultimately won the award. Who brings home the Rodman, aka the Barkley, for the best rebound class? We should come up with like some sort of a word that what the 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 Rockley or or the you know you combining know I mean? like Rodman. You saying Bark, combining Rodman? Yeah, the Barkman. Yes, um, yes. We got to come up I with mean, something. Were, That'll be for twenty twenty. That'll be for the twenty twenty three superlatives player. They were two completely different rebounders, though, right? I felt like Rodman Look, Barkley, was all about anticipation I, and energy, right? Barkley and Rodman. I'm twenty five years old. We're very much before my time. You have a much better idea. And I'm not calling you old, so don't go there. But you have a much better idea uh, of the kind of rebounder that Charles Barkley... I know Charles... I mean, look, I know Charles Barkley from the NBA, obviously, and as a, and as a Hall of Fame, you know, one of the top 50 players of all time. The most I've seen of Charles Barkley in basketball, at least for me, is him on, on TNT. Uh, so, so I don't have much knowledge of his rebounding prowess, or I haven't seen much of his rebounding prowess. I should put it that way. Um, but, but yes, 2023, I promise, we'll come up with a, a conjoined Barkley-Rodman name. Yeah, I like it. Well, I mean, maybe we could ask the people at this fine university. They they uh, seem to have things kind of going in terms of what you know their brain power is, and that would be Stanford. The Cardinal finished with the number one class in the Pac-12 and just outside the top 15 nationally, which is saying something given the fact that this program was outside the top 40 in the 21 class rankings um, and nowhere near the top of the Pac-12 rankings. And this is, I think, a school that has been adjusting to the accelerated recruiting cycle, right? Like this is a school that has so much to do with admissions and going through the application process. And then you have to be able to meet all the criteria and they don't offer prospects early on, let alone get early commitment. So they have adjusted the way they do things. I know David Shaw really went to bat for the early enrollment and the early admission and the early signees and they're trying to change things around because they were being left in the dust you know the cardinal for a long time if you remember they were in that mix 
to to be a contender for the college football playoff. They played in a few Rose Bowls. Uh, you know, the Christian McCaffrey years, the Andrew Luck years. Uh, you know, those those players had been setting a certain standard in Palo Alto, and and we saw them uh, really kind of a f- be affected by the new recruiting rules and the the, the way things were going. That they weren't a- even able to sign prospects early. Um, so for them to really rebound and go number one in the Pac-12 now, and the headliner being David Bailey, the five-star edge rusher from Modern Day High School, one of the best defensive prospects in the country, who they beat out, you know, the likes of SC and and Bama and Texas and Ohio State for, uh, really speaks to their recruiting uh, ability in, in this cycle. And also, I think you have to point to their national recruiting. It's always going to be an appealing destination for highly academic prospects. You know, the, the players that are choosing uh, between uh, a diploma or a, or a football degree in, in a way, right? And and I think they're able to now really key in on some prospects that they know will be uh, valuable assets for them uh, in the classroom and on the field. And, and you know, I think it, it says a lot that Stanford was able to finish number one in the Pac-12 and and just outside the top 15, which right now is, is I think, a commendable way for a Pac-12 school to finish. Yeah, a great finish and a great class uh, by Stanford, obviously needing to rebound, like you said, from that disappointing 2021 coming in with the best class in the Pac-12 in 2022. So our last one, this is the didn't see a back there award. It's an award nobody wants to bring home. It's for the most disappointing class. For my honorable mention, I'm going to head out west. The Washington Huskies finishing 101st in the team rankings. And look, I understand new head coach, but Blair, I mean, like yikes, you know, five signees, not 10, not 15, five signees so far in the early signing period, or they signed five now with the early signing period over. I'm sure they'll try to add that or add to that come the more traditional signing period. But that's a, that's a tough class for, for new head coach, Kalen DeBoer. Yeah, just just brutal for them. And, uh, you know, if you remember, Jimmy Lake did not have any momentum going on either uh, before he was let go and before they had to make that move. So, um, you know, it isn't like they had to make a move and then they lost a bunch of commitments. You know, this is a prospect pro- program that hasn't been recruiting at the level that they should be, given that Washington, for the most part, has been developing a lot of NFL talent. And when you look at the ratio, they're up there uh, among those power five schools. There's a lot of Washington Huskies in the NFL right now. Uh, but this is a co-winner uh, of the award, and, and they would go to two Tiger schools, the Clemson Tigers and the LSU Tigers. Uh, so remember, in 2021, it was a, a weird year. It was a lot of schools recruiting to their brand and to their name. There were no visits. There were no, um, you know, kind of on-campus uh, recruiting events. It was all virtual. There were, you know, there was a few little gatherings, but for the most part, 2021, you were recruiting to your brand. And Clemson and LSU were both in the top five in the 2021 rankings. LSU coming off of a, a national championship year. Clemson obviously continuing to build on, on, on consecutive college football playoff appearances. But in this cycle, they you know both stumbled not only on the field, but in recruiting. And, and it really showed um, LSU outside the top 15. Clemson as well outside the top 15. So both of those schools had a drop of more than 10 spots. And, and if you're if you're the LSU Tigers, if you're the Clemson Tigers, you shouldn't be outside the top 10. If you want to continue 
continue to compete and stay at the top. And obviously LSU had some difficulties with the coaching change. Uh, you know, I think Brian Kelly arrived there a little bit too late to make a splash. Um, and then Dabo Swinney was able to lose his his two coordinators, and that didn't help things either for for the Tigers. But you know, even even before that, they, they weren't recruiting at the level that you would expect the Clemson to to be recruiting. So I'm looking for rebound years if we're talking about mound round and rebound or <laughs> whatever we want to call that award. Keep an eye on these two Tigers, right? The LSU Tigers and the Clemson Tigers, because they have a lot of room for growth. And, and after disappointing 2022 cycles, I would expect them to really put the the, the foot on the pedal and 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 really try to to ascend back into where we've been accustomed to seeing both of these schools in, in the class rankings. Absolutely. Like you said, Clemson, LSU, both early contenders for the 2023 rebound award uh, for next cycle. But like you said with Clemson, I mean, losing two coordinators, uh, decommits from from top two for seven prospects like Jahad Campbell, uh, Keon Saab, who I mentioned earlier. It was a definitely a, a rough end to the cycle or rough end to the 2022 early signing period for the Clemson Tigers and Dabo Sweeney. So look, there you have it. Signing day superlatives have been given out. Good or bad, we want to congratulate all our winners. And Blair, thank you so much for joining me. You can hang up the tuxedo until next year. I appreciate having you on. Yeah, I'm going to have to get it dry cleaned uh, at some point next year and then we'll, we'll break Break it out again, my friend. All right, that was Blair Angulo and myself handing out some signing day superlatives. Like I said, I want to congratulate all our winners. Yes, even Clemson and LSU. I hope everyone has a Merry Christmas. And to those who don't celebrate, enjoy your weekend. We will talk to you again on Monday. Going to close out 2021 with five great shows coming up here on the College Football Daily. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.